We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. David Luiz... I'm not sure why everybody got so excited about him coming back because of how excited everybody was when they got rid of him. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rotowire Soccer FPL podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. And it's October, so we have a special announcement. This Rotowire Fantasy Soccer podcast is brought to you. That's right, we got sponsored. We tricked them, we fooled them, Andrew. <laughs> Uh, we we are finally sponsored, and we are sponsored by Mac Weldon. So thank you to all the men and women and everybody at Mac Weldon for sponsoring the podcast. We very much appreciate it. I am currently engrossing myself 
in uh, Mac Weldon products. I've got the nice socks on and the underwear on. Uh, it, it it feels great to be sponsored, and it also feels great to be nurtured and comforted. <laughs> uh, you've been waiting for this one for a while. Oh, I've been sitting on this for for, for weeks now. Uh, it feels great. Hopefully, okay, not I, in the same uh, pair of underwear for those weeks. You know, uh, I, I I familiarized myself with it. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yes, we're very thankful for their sponsorship, and uh, everybody who uh, listens to this podcast can use a promo code ROTOSOCCER, R-O-T-O, soccer, and get 20% off every order you make. It's a good deal for everyone involved, especially me. All right. Uh, <laughs> we, do, we do have soccer to get to today. Um, it's the international break, so uh, there's not much in terms of previewing the Premier League to do yet, but... Uh, I, I, we do want to review, you know, what's kind of gone on so far. We can take a breath. We can actually sit back, take a step back, and actually look at the landscape that is uh, the Premier League season so far, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a good time to basically show you how bad your team actually is and gives you an opportunity to think of how to improve it. So uh, I mean, my overall assessment so far is I am I have made the adjustments to the scoring styles of everything but DraftKings. Um, it's a, it's a tricky one. DraftKings, I mean, they all kind of have their own nuances, but, um, DraftKings almost tricks you into thinking that it's easy, uh, because they're like, oh, you know, here are these stats that, um, are fairly repeatable and not necessarily goals and assists, but all the peripheral ones, you can kind of get an idea of, you know, who sends in crosses or what defenders get more tackles and, Uh, stuff like that but uh, it's always you know you may have all the pieces that doesn't necessarily mean you've put the puzzle together and so that's that's uh what makes salary cap games a little tougher than than something like a uh a perfect 11 yeah well which isn't easy easy in itself (laughs) yeah i i've kind of given up on perfect 11 because you have to be perfect and that's just not my style i don't I, i tend to not be um i do I found that I've I drafted very well in season long this year. I spent my money in the auction draft of Fiesta very smartly, and in the and in the uh, in the in the Taga drafts, I've made some moves, but the core pieces are still there. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us are actually doing pretty well in the season long formats. Um, you, of course, are also beating me in DraftKings, so it's really just the Andrew Laird show today and how well he's done so far this no, season. No, 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 hardly. Uh, because we did we did both the Saturday and the Sunday slate, and Andrew, by virtue of an illegal goal, won. Illegal goal? Illegal. Yes, it was a handball, and it was offside. Uh, no, I think those are offsetting penalties, and so they just keep playing. Yeah, offsetting <laughs> on the same team. That's right. That's right. Oh well. Yeah, Lauren Koscielny was both offside and handled the ball, and that ruined the Tom Heaton clean sheet, and it also gave Peter Check a win as well as his clean sheet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's what tipped the scales. That was a, that was a 10 point swing. Sorry. Yep. You should be <laughs> your fault. Uh, but it, it, you know, so I, so I went, Oh, I went Oh and two in DraftKings to Andrew moving Andrew's total up to, I think it's something like five to two. Now it, it's embarrassing. Oh, sorry. Six to two. It's just embarrassing. Um, sorry. No, <laughs> not good enough. Not sincere. But uh, got to step up, Mike. Come on. Got to bounce back. At, That's what at, it's all about. Think, so so let, 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 let's look, you know, let's take a look at DraftKings so far. And 
you know, who are players that have been performing on DraftKings for you that you've just, you know, you either didn't expect it or it's something that you've had to make your adjustments in season? Um, Andrews Townsend is the one that jumps out at me right away. Not that we didn't think he'd be uh, usable, but the upside um, has, I guess we haven't really seen like tremendous upside, but the floor is just so consistent that, um, you know, I think he's up near the $8,500, $9,000 range, which uh, at the beginning of the season, if you told me he'd be there, you know, I'd just laugh at your face for the idea that I would ever consider him. But he's been awesome. And, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say he's the guy you need to build around, but he just gives you so much security uh, because of that. And the other guy is James Milner, who even with the position change, uh, opens up just so much because of the floor. Just Liverpool are flying. He's taking the penalties. It seems like they get they've gotten one every week. Um, they win a ton of corners, and he's taking those. So like the those two guys, I, I tend to look at at safer floors more than upside, just because the upsides are so rare. But uh, those two guys are the ones that jump out at me. He's um, he's the Leighton Baines of like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he's priced accordingly. And right. He's very he's a, he's a very expensive defender, but. You know, I've paid it, you've paid it, and it's and it's worked out for us when we have. Yeah, yeah, both both guys like Milner and uh, and Pun or uh, excuse me, Townsend. Townsend. Yeah, although Punchin's been pretty good too. I, I should throw his name in there because yeah, you um, got a save last week. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, <clears throat> I don't know those are the guys that that have kind of jumped out at me. Obviously, on the other side, the West Ham defense has just been so brutal. Not that. Uh, I guess Cresswell we would have considered, and it sounds like he may be back sooner rather than later. But um, I think once they started losing a lot, we were like, oh, well, now, you know, Dimitri Payet and Antonio and everybody's going to, like, start flying in the attack. And they're just not—they don't even have the ball enough to do it. And Payet's been decent, but he hasn't been fantastic. And uh, we're taping this Friday. Well, France has a has a World Cup qualifier today, and it almost seems like this is the time when Payet's going to just explode because he— you know, he's on a significant favorite as opposed to what what's happening at a London stadium. Well, to be fair, Payet did get his fair share of highlights last week when he dribbled through an entire yeah, defense. That was a great goal. I mean, and unfortunately, if that's what they need, <laughs> they're in big trouble because that's not yeah. going to happen that often. Uh, personally, I'm hoping Mikel Antonio can last one more month of solid play because I'm going to look to trade him in EFSA in November when the trade window opens. Right. Yep. <clears throat> Smart move. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to succeed because I'm pretty sure everyone's going to know what I'm doing. So <laughs> the league's pretty smart. Well, I but... mean, theoretically, he's the um, he's the second best player fantasy wise on that team, right? I mean, even with everybody fit, I don't think you can make the argument anybody is better than other than Dimitri Payet. Nope, can't make. Certainly cannot. And if you think that they're going to get better, theoretically, that's because his production is staying. Um, not that he's going to score 30 goals, but if he scores like 15, uh, that's really valuable. Um, particularly since you, you know, you, he only, what does he have now? Six, five? Like there's still more goals to, to be had. Yeah, he's got five and they're all via the back post and his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same goal every single time. So it's, for me, it's it's not something that's totally repeatable. Even though he's repeated it five times? I meant for an entire season. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I get it. I get the idea of trying to sell him high. I just wonder if, I mean. Especially not, when, like, Andy Carroll comes back. Yeah, you can't sell him now, but uh, at least in the EFSA, you can in, in tog, you know, 
people who I don't have. Ha- I don't have Mintaga. Yeah. Um, but I would certainly say this is the point where you sell high. I'm not sure it's going to get any higher for him. Yeah, I mean the re- the reason why my, I mean I'm I'm currently eighth in EFSA, so I'm in the top half, which means I'll qualify for the top league next year. But I, I mean my forwards are pitiful. It's Callum Wilson and nobody else, and I have Duncan Watmore currently as my backup. That's how bad it is. It's a 20 team league, so you know there's not really much depth there. Yeah, it's a it's a that's the I think the biggest issue that we have. like we have short benches and it's a deep league, and so um, you kind of are forced to roster some guys just because it's such a deep league. But on the other hand, you can't keep dead weight around because you, you don't have that many bench spots. So, um, I, looking back at my, uh, at my auction, um, I don't know. I feel like this is the second year in a row that I just feel like I could have gotten, uh, significantly better out of the auction. I mean, I'm in third, but, um, I'm certainly not third in, actually I might be third in points. Um, sixth in points scored, but, um, you know, I've got George Boyd. I played the the highest guy I bought in the auction was Michi Batshuayi, and he doesn't play. Yep, and he's one of those guys that like had I not spent forty three on him, I probably would have dropped him by now. Especially because it's a keeper league, you don't you don't really know what's going to happen, so people tend to hold on to people longer. Well, the the way I'm looking at it is is that there's no way I'm keeping him at forty three unless Costa leaves and he scores a bunch of goals already this year. But if I drop him, somebody could keep him at one and I'm not willing to have that happen either <laughs> from somebody who yeah. kept five guys for a dollar. I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. And even if it, just as an example, you know, I tried to pick up Borja Baston from Swansea and he's already taken. Like I, there was mm-hmm. just nobody, mm-hmm. there's nobody around. No, it's pretty ugly. So, I mean, Duncan, Duncan Watmore got me an assist from the bench. So, I mean, that was useful. Um, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but on the contrast, I mean, on my team, where where my team makes its makes its money is in the midfield. Uh, I didn't even spend a lot of money there, but it just happened. It just worked out. I, mean, I have Antonio, I have Willian, and I have Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, it, when, when those three run out there, especially in the EFSA, which counts a lot of peripheral stats for Willian and for De Bruyne, uh, I, I can easily get 60, 70 points out of two of them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you and, kept Willian and, and De Bruyne, right? Correct. I yeah. kept Willian, De Bruyne, and Callum Wilson. Right. Right, right. And Max Gradle, who's no longer on the team. Right. Um. Yeah, the I, I think the yeah, the, I think the biggest problem I had during the auction, at least, was when Batshuayi came up. Uh, most of the forwards were gone, and there were a few different guys who needed a forward, and so I basically got, you know, I bid up as much as anybody else bid up, and then I eventually got him at forty three, kind of hoping he would play more. Uh, there was, uh, you know, talk of Costa going back to Spain, and or the possibility of the two of them playing, and I just. Obviously, not spending that much money in the auction allowed me to get Pogba, but um, while he's, I mean, he's been great. He leads my team in scoring already, and or actually, he's second behind Theo Walcott. Um, Ugh. So the way, well, Walcott's been great. And the way I look at it is if I can spend 130 on, you know, Pogba, Walcott, Lamella, and somebody else, like, that's not so bad, so... Uh, when that Pogba deal thing went through, when I went for 125, which is the highest, it was more that was more than anybody else could have spent. Everyone's like, "Well, you're obviously not going to keep him." It's like I might keep him at that price because 
I have so many other. Basically, my team is littered with junk that's that I happen to get for a dollar. It's not junk, but um, you know, I, I got Monreal and Antonio Valencia, guys like that, that um, might allow me to keep Pogba at one twenty-five out of yeah, a with, theoretical with the, two. Especially with the budget. short bench, it. Uh, I believe EF said next year I'm gonna just if there's a guy I want, I'm gonna spend what just one more dollar than everybody. Basically, I'll just keep bidding up a dollar until it's over. Yeah, you, you, you know, because uh, I'm just not gonna blink first anymore. Um, yeah. at least for one player, if there's one player that I want. So next year, if there's a forward that's available, um, I, I'm going to get him <laughs> Okay. and I'll just spend $1 on every defender and just keep picking off of waivers. My whole team is a waiver team uh, in defense. So I got Glenn Johnson for, for, oh, sorry, actually I drafted Glenn Johnson. That's not fair. I drafted Glenn Johnson for $8. Callum Wilson is $1 off waivers. Louise is $11 off of free agent, um, mm-hmm off of fab and ben davis is one dollar off of waivers and i also have ragnar uh clavin mm-hmm. for one dollar he'll be dropped yeah or sorry davis will be dropped probably if i take a guess probably both <laughs> yeah i got i got lucky with my one dollar ones so my i don't know if i'll try to flip one later because i mean i'm in third i believe um so like somehow this garbage team has gotten me this far so if i can get somebody who's just a little more consistent lamella is the one that scares me the most because he's just not he's not locked in now with a with a starting spot because they have so many midfielders and then with the way that uh son is playing like uh he's the one that worries me the most jordan ibe's been a total bust and ugh. i thought i had something there on him i kept him for a dollar and thought if I didn't get yeah, something I, last year, I'd get something this year and just. I, I made a mistake it. by keeping both Wilson and Gradle. Should have just kept yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I, also, it, it 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 hamstrung me in the draft having two forwards already. Yep. Yeah. One of my we, only, <clears throat> we have a four one forward spot and one basically a utility spot, and so theoretically you only need one forward or possibly two. Um, but if you play two, then you're only playing three midfielders. Like it's. Uh, yeah. Like oh yeah, and, tight, yeah. and I have Matt Phillips too, who is. Yeah. A, who can be a monster mm-hmm. in, in EFSA. So yeah. it's, it's, I think it's the only league I don't have Nasser Tadley in, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's such a weird league in that there are so many teams. <laughs> There's so, so many teams many. and there are a ton of stats. Like I think yeah. there are 25 stat yeah, like categories. Attempted passes, attempted passes in the final third, successful yeah. clearance, clearances attempted. Like, and, and basically if something happens, there's either a positive or a negative. Yep. Offsides. I mean, we have stuff. I mean, yeah, whoever conceded, has like it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 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 last man tackles. <laughs> yeah. That well, that's actually a Yahoo DFS uh, stat as well. It, it, it's anyway. The, but the point is made that there's a lot of stats, and so this is this is on the fan tracks platform. So there's really two main platforms for season long. Uh, if you're doing draft style, what I liked about this is that it's an auction. And that there's Fab, which Taga does not do yet. Yep. So hopefully Taga, um, you know, John, I, I know you listen. So uh, next season, uh, I, I, we spoke about this when he was in Brooklyn watching the Chelsea Arsenal game. I was like, can you guys please focus on, first of all, Web, and secondly, some uh, some auction and some Fab. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are that that that's my wish list for next year. I, I have a funny feeling we're not going to get the Web portion of it though. Yeah, they're moving in the other direction, but. Um. Yeah, I think Fab Fab Boys just adds a little, a new wrinkle to to uh 
to guys to, to deals like this right yeah. after the well, auction. Fab, so. yeah, Fab and auction in general, it's the team that you want. If you really wanted someone, you'll just bid one more dollar. Yeah, you don't, don't know have if it's to, necessarily the team you want as the one or you, two you, players. You, that, yeah, you you get the players that you really like the ones that you really want. You get. Yeah. Yep. So for example, like in football, for example, uh, in one league, I really wanted Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. I got them. Yeah. And uh, I I have no one else, but right. I did want I, I I'm I'm there's lots of bonuses for yardage so and and it's also ppr so you know those two give me a solid foundation pretty much any week Mm -hmm. and that's and that's kind of the theory especially in fan tracks in this system where there's only three bench spots i think it's almost a necessity that you do stars and scrubs because you don't have a bench to 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 um to compensate for your starters yeah makes sense makes sense yeah I mean that, that's the that, I mean that's what I've seen so far this year on the fan track slash EFSA side of FPL. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let's transition to the Taga side, but we are in two different leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, let's first report on the 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 expert league, if you will, uh, uh, experts from all over the fantasy soccer landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, would you like to tell us who the person in first place is? <laughs> uh, I'm in first, but you are highest in points. Yes. <laughs> You're six and one. I'm four and three. But yet I have uh, what is it looks like 50 more points than you. Something like that. 50 more p- total uh, points. 40, 40, believe, yeah. 40 more total points. Yeah. Out of 670. So, yeah. And this and which, 40, 100 versus 60. No, no, no. But like, but my I remember we were talking with John Wallen last time he was on the podcast and I was oh and two at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. And I was like, John, look at my points scored. I'm going to be just fine. You know, I'm averaging 90 points a game. That will win me more games than I lose, and and I've gone four and one since. Yep, yep. So you know, it's just when when you have two 90 point losses to start the season, that that you score 90 points and you lose. That's just that's just bad luck to start the season. But I've been I've been making a strong charge towards the top. Yeah, they uh, they make it a little tougher because on the standing side, they show you how many points you've scored, but not how many you've you've allowed. Which uh, for somebody like me who I I don't love the way I don't like head to head fantasy sports usually. I prefer just total points. So while I will benefit now from most I assume I've had fairly few uh points against um and it's keeping uh you from being in first place which is always good for me. So um I think you're actually on a yeah, you're on a four game winning streak. You went 0 and 3 and then 4 now. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's like I in in head to head fantasy, like there's nothing you can do about the team you happen to be facing. But I would prefer like your points just to go up against everybody because if you're the like you had the first three weeks, if you're the first, the second highest scoring team of the entire week, but you happen to be facing the top scoring team that one week, like that doesn't necessarily mean you're. Would you would you do it like a, would you do it, would would you rather do it like a confidence pool like uh, if you finish first in a twelve team you get twelve points second you get eleven so on and so forth. Uh, yes, that's exactly how I. Yes, that or just you, total points. Like I think total points is fine. I'm not sure like why, the like the goal in fantasy sports is to score as many points as you can, and yeah, yet somehow but, we're yeah, like penalizing the, the, teams. This that, eliminates the outlier portion of it. You know, like so you know you get like one monster week, and then the rest of your weeks aren't as good. You know, not nearly as good. But you know, the person who's steady steadily performing you know top three you know that person gets punished for not having that outlier performance i mean over 38 weeks i think that'll 
Yeah, it, it's it, 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 that, that makes it different than football in that, in that regard. That it's a bigger sample size. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. What, I see what you're saying. I think both. I think both are good. I, I, I'm actually swinging more towards your side. I did used to like head to head a lot because that's how it's played on the field. But you know, we're not actually on the field. We're not actually playing. No, we're in our parents' so, basements playing. Exactly. Um, so it, it's it's kind of different here. Um, one thing I've noticed in Taga, something that's helped me a lot. Um, the defender, like a lot of people were using their number one waiver claims on David Luiz and they should have been using them on Skodron Mustafi. Okay. Explain Mustafi why. is averaging 13.38 points a game. Mm. Uh, it, it, and it's, you know, it's not because, I mean, Arsenal have kept a couple of clean sheets since he's arrived. Which yeah. I was just is, about to say that helps, uh, you know, and it could be, and you know, he could be part of that solution, you know, cause he's much quicker than Paramedic Sacker. Yeah. Uh, who may be uh, off the team come January. Yeah, I'm but, not sure he need, he has a spot anymore. Exactly. I, I don't um, think he's going to leave. I think he's captain actually. So, but I don't see where he plays. Yeah, but I, I but also I mean the other thing is, it, um, you know, Mustafi has twelve interceptions and thirteen tackles, one and twenty two clearances since coming into the lineup, and that's a lot. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I think, I mean, David Luiz. I'm not sure why everybody got so excited about him coming back because of how excited everybody was when they got rid of him and not people weren't that excited because they got 50 million pounds for him. Like, yes, that was obviously, you know, a, a nice, nice bonus ben- bonus. Yeah. But that, that was not the reason for celebration for when David Luiz was sent to PSG. So this whole, like he's coming back, we're all okay now. Like that. And he was, he wasn't a great fantasy option back then, anyway. Like, so. well, he's well. The reason why people got excited as the Chelsea fan here is because he's a defender that, at least from the ball moving perspective in a back three, is perfect under Conte's system. Um, in terms of you know actually playing defense, I, I, the fact that it's a back three would help him, not maybe. as opposed to a back four because there's there's two other there's two other center backs that are helping him. Yeah. That's the reason my people were excited. And to be honest, when Chelsea switched to the 3-4-3, he's one of the big winners from that switch to me. I mean, Marcus Alonso is the biggest winner, and so is Victor Moses. He continues to be on the right side. That's by by far the the two biggest winners. But David Luiz is a winner in that too because it gives him more license to play those angled balls out and to to really express himself in the the midfield even. Uh, I think you're more optimistic than I am about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it didn't work against Arsenal because for many reasons, one, uh, they weren't used to playing it. And two, uh, Arsenal were just, we were having a very good day that day as well. I mean, they were playing very, very well. Yeah. I just think uh, if, if you're, if you're thinking that his spot in a back three, like allows him more freedom, like, I'm not sure I agree with that. It's just, a, yeah. I mean, it, I think mostly it was just the nostalgia of him being just a fun loving character. Yes. That's why I'm so excited. He's just, a it's just a cool dude to have on your team, I guess. But um, it was funny though when he did not know that Chelsea was not in the Champions League. Yeah, that was that was a fun way to bring the reality check back to the to the fandom. All right, um, it's probably but, better uh, that they're not in Europa, though, right? Like, I if I was a player thinking I was in the Champions League and they were like, actually, you're not in it this year. Like, I didn't. I can't imagine like the thought is like, well, like hopefully we're like in Europa then. Yeah. Like, I would assume you just want the midweeks off to watch your old PSG <laughs> players to dominate Pretty much. whoever. Pretty much. Uh, if I told you that Paul Pogba was my lowest performing midfielder in terms of average points scored. Wow. Uh, um, 
yeah, exactly. That's that's why my team is the highest scoring team in the league. Because mm-hmm. Nasser Chadley is averaging 17.25 points a game. Uh, Mane is averaging 13.3. And Dusan Tadic is averaging 13.14. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's Tadic averaging that many points with only scoring one goal and one assist. Yep. He that's how that I mean that's how you know how good Tadic has been so far this season. He it, has taken he has taken to Puel's system very nicely as the tip of the diamond in the midfield. Yeah, what's funny is that he's so hit or miss on DraftKings that like you need like DraftKings has somewhat like expanded stats but you need even more to like really get Chadley's value. Um, oh, Tadic, Tadic. Uh, Tadic, excuse me. Tadic. You, you get Chadley's value when he scores. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Chadley, but yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Chadley is an interesting one, but yeah, Tadic has been so solid that um, there was no reason. Obviously, we didn't necessarily think he was going to be this good already, you know, so soon, especially with Mane gone, but um, yeah, the team kind of goes with him now, which is a good spot for a fantasy player. Mm-hmm. And it also helps that Diego Costa has six goals and two assists. That's what's more surprising to you for Diego Costa that he has six goals or he has two assists. Um, I'm trying to think of what his assists were. Um, One was to Batshuayi, right? The early going of the season, right? Like I just assumed neither of them were actually passes. No, they were. One of them was. It was a back pass to Hazard who curled one in. Hmm. Hmm. In fact, I think it happened last game on Hazard's goal. Um, Yeah, that's a bit surprising. I mean, it's not. Two's not that many, and it could be the last two of his season. But, um, like, I he'll end up with more yellows than assists for sure. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, can you imagine what? Can you imagine what his point total will be if he didn't get four yellow cards in six games? Like it's, it, it, it's. But I mean, that's that's what Diego Costa is. He needs that. Yep. He, uh, he he he's playing on that edge currently. The fear is that he goes over it. Because um, he does do that. Yep. But his conversion rate has also been pretty good too. Six goals on thirteen shots on target. Yeah, that's really good. So it, that that actually is rather. It's I'm not saying it's 100 percent sustainable, but it's more believable than Capue's or uh, Ianacho's. <laughs> I don't know. I think Ianacho's a special finisher, as long as he only takes about three shots a game <laughs> and plays every once every three months, two months. Yeah, but you you, you know what I'm getting at. Though. Yes. Yes. You know, well, you know it's, he's going it's, it's not it's not a conversion rate that's you know that's going to see him dip in you know in, in goal form. I mean, he's getting his opportunities. So those are the, only the shots on target. I'm not even counting the shots that are off target. Yes, um, but it's you know in 13 shots on target, he's put a little under half of them in, and mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Yes, it is. Yeah, especially, especially with Dusan Tadic has one goal on eight shots on target. <laughs> yes, contrastly, yes, but Sadio Mane has three goals on five, mm-hmm. so it's. You know, it, it and Chadley has three goals on five as well. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it's been it's been an, it's been an interesting season in that Diego Costa has legitimate value every week because he a he can't stop scoring and b he's actually really involved mm-hmm. in, in the play. Uh, it's something that you know because I had Costa last year as well, and if he didn't score, he got you no points. Yeah, or negative with the yellow card, or <laughs> negative with the yellow cards. Exactly. Um, and this year, that's not the case. Do you think it's he's a little intimidated? Is hardly the word I was, I wanted. But you think he's a little more fired up, knowing that they have a legitimate replacement on the bench? Could be. It could be the competition. I can't it could imagine be the new manager. Falcao and Loic Remy were 
sitting could, there making him worry. It could be worry. the new manager as well. Yep. Uh, I don't want to discount that either. Yep. But it also could be that he's auditioning to go back to Spain. <laughs> I don't think he needs an audition to go back to Spain. I think he could have zero goals on 13 shots on target, and they would happily take him. <laughs> he would replace Fernando Torres just fine at Atletico right. Madrid. I think a, a Costa Courtois for Griezmann move would be just fine for everybody. Except me. That would crush me. <laughs> I like Antoine Griezmann way too much to see that happen. He's got a nice little shimmy shake whenever he scores. <sighs> Don't we all? <laughs> That's actually That might be your best joke you've ever told on the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> that had layers to it. It was good. I really liked it. <laughs> Good, good timing, good uh, good projection. Anyway, um, all right, let's get to some of the news um, that has happened, uh, and then we will then uh, get to your wild card uh, that you have played. You have finally successfully hit the submit button, correct? No, no, no. Heavens no. Heavens no. I have built the team. Submit is – we're a week away from matches. There, there will be no submit right now. I can see all of these guys getting hurt this week during World Cup qualifiers while I – after I hit submit, so. All right. Well, let's get to the big news. There's a new American in the Premier League. Bob Bradley is now managing Swansea City. Uh, Guidoline, right after the uh, 2-1 loss to Liverpool, pretty much immediately afterwards, um, resigned, which means he was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, new American fired owner. Him. No, he resigned, I believe. Okay. Um, he was going to get sacked, and I think he resigned before. They gave him the resignation, Leonard. He gave it right Basically. back. And, yeah, yeah, he signed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they don't have to pay him unemployment, basically. Right. Uh, Swansea, I don't know if they even have that out there. Um, Swansea, it's interesting. If it's interesting, hire because there were more seasoned Premier League managers available. Um, and yeah, yeah uh, for one, Roy Hodgson. Um, yeah, I, I think we we can't ignore the fact that they have American owners now. Yeah, I I agree, but. Do you see this as a move that is just because Bob Bradley is American or because this is this will be a successful move for an American man, the first American manager in the Premier League? Uh, I think there's no way he gets an interview without American owners. So you can't kind of ignore it. It kind of worked twofold. I think he was getting passed over for a lot of jobs because he was American. And I think he happened to get this job because he's an American. And so, uh, you know, he happened... The, the timing was right. He's basically worked through a number of really low-level jobs uh, to prove himself in Europe, which is kind of what everybody says Americans in soccer don't do. Um, you know, it, it's kind of one of the things that Jurgen Klinsmann has been trying to get most of his players to do is to go play in Europe, and it doesn't really matter where you play. And um, Bradley kind of did that, you know, going to Norway and succeeding. Um, and then he almost got... Um, he almost got promoted last year uh, into League Un, and uh, I believe it was just goals scored that was the the difference maker. So um, he has succeeded where he's been in Europe. Obviously, going into the Premier League is a significantly bigger job, but um, yeah, I think he's you know he deserved to to get a shot in one of these bigger leagues. I'm actually kind of surprised it ended up being England because I feel like they it's a little tougher to get into the Premier League as a as an unestablished foreigner. Um, but again, with a few American owners now, he's able to get in. And yeah, I think he I think he can succeed. That team stinks, though. 
Like that team doesn't well, have a ton of talent. And um, well, I, I mean, just just last. I mean, this was this was Greedelin's last game, but he installed Borja Baston, yeah. who did very well. He didn't score. He should have scored twice. Um, yeah, he did very well up front. And Leroy Fair and Secret Center really. I mean, they can really boss around a midfield. Uh, they can. Uh, it's. It's a team that has talent, and I'm wondering what kind of system Bob Bradley is going to in, impose. Uh, if it's going to be more defensive, which is what, you know, at least on the national team that he did whenever he felt like he was outclassed, mm-hmm. he would always sit back and try to counter. Um, yeah, I think that that's kind of a big benefit for Swansea is that he has uh, shown to, to basically get results against teams that are much better than the squad that he has. And so I think that that has to be some sort of consideration when you're looking at it, you know, from the from the club side like Swansea, where they are obviously struggling and they don't have that many high profile players, uh, but they have to compete with teams that do. And so um, I think that's that's obviously a benefit for him. Uh, Fernando Llorente was hurt. I think that was the only reason Baston got the start. And while it it seemed to work out, um, I think that's why there was a reason to to fire Gwendolyn because it wasn't really his idea to. It's not like he decided to make the move. It was just the that was his next guy yeah. up. Um, I'm not sure how much you know rotation we'll see right away because you know he's obviously you know you don't see guys come in and change change things up significantly right away as we've seen with Antonio Conte. But um, you know, I don't think there's any reason to think that like Gilfie Sigurdsson won't be their best option fantasy wise uh, because of Bradley. And I feel like most of Fair's fantasy value comes from I, I don't necessarily want to call them fluky goals, but it's a lot of right place at the right time, which we've spoken about as a skill in itself. So maybe that continues. But uh, I can't I don't see anybody on this team that all of a sudden you're like, oh, the, this guy's ready to break out because of Bob Bradley. Unless he goes to, unless he goes into the transfer market in January and picks up uh, Michael Bradley, yeah, who apparently AC Milan is looking at, which a lot of a lot of Italian clubs are, not just them. I can't, I can't picture him moving. I actually was having a discussion with a good friend of mine about this yesterday. That uh, no Italian team is going to pay him as much as he's making now. Um, he's like you know somewhere in the top ten in highest paid players in in MLS, which is a significant amount since they pay most of their guys nothing. But uh, he's definitely making more now than he was when he was at Roma. And AC Milan has had like eight potential new investors over the last two years that keep falling through. And while, you know, it's not all about money, um, he's done Italy before. And uh, I'm not sure going to AC Milan does anything for him. Yeah, he was was with Chievo and he was also with Roma. And Roma, yeah. It's, and he was in the Premier League for a bit, and like I'm not at this point of his career, I'm just not sure going over there. You do you know, think, he's not a developing you, player? Do you think Swansea have a you know with the American owners and now American manager, will they start looking to take American players over? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll go, but uh, I think it at least opens up the possibility that some American players will will head over there. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, the DeAndre Yedlin types that are, you know, kind of our he's already guys. he's already at, he's already in England. Right, right. But I mean, Lyndon something Gooch like already that. Already in England. But like, yeah, something like that. Well, Gooch just got his first call up, so I'm not sure. You know, he's been there. Um, so I don't know. I, well, I, I think it definitely, you know, brings more English scouts to the to the states, but I don't necessarily think it means that Swansea are going to all of a sudden become this 
glorified MLS team. America, America East. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, I just I thought that was I thought it was a very interesting hire. One that I it came out of left field for me uh, until I realized that it was American owners. But right. um, just 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 pretty fascinating and just as fascinating to me has been the lower end of the table, most notably who's in it. Yep. Um, you know, for example, Sunderland have only two points, and that's because they doubled their point total last week <laughs> with a one-one draw. And one thing we saw in the last game that you know a bold move by you know by um, David Moyes was uh, Patrick Van Alhout was on the bench mm-hmm. to start the game. Yep. Yeah, I think I don't want to say like Moyes is going in like having no idea what's going on, but it seems like he still hasn't figured out what he wants to do. And seven games out of 38 is obviously not that many, but um, when you have two points through seven games, um, it's time to figure out what it is. And having Van Anhold on the bench, I can't imagine is, is the solution. Uh, I mean, especially because he scored the goal to tie the game. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, that, that that team just they look lost they look really lost out there and i mean their goal differentials are i mean it's almost the same as swansea for example who have two more points than them so i mean it's i don't i don't even know how i don't even know like if i were to try to predict who were who was to finish in the bottom I mean, I've said Sunderland the past two years, so I mean, I, I wouldn't be stunned if Sunderland wind up getting relegated. But I thought that with, you know, first with Sam Allardyce taking over and now David Moyes taking over, it, that they would be at least solid defensively, and they're just not. Yeah. Yep. The again, I think it's just figuring out who the who the right players are, and yep. once he does that, then you can do that. The Stoker, though, actually the ones that are a little more. I was just, I was about to say. Speaking of speaking of picking the right players, the team that thinks they have the right players is Stoke. Yeah, and they're sitting with three points at the bottom of the table, letting up sixteen goals on the season, only scoring five. That is yeah. just horrendous. It's the worst differential in the league. Yes, for as like awesome as Man City's been, Man City is at plus eleven, and Stoke is at minus eleven for goal differential. And Stoke, I mean, they're basically playing with the guys they had last year. Glenn Johnson's been banged up a little bit, but like. Glenn not Johnson's the difference, Nick. Not, right, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, Jordan Shakiri's been hurt, but like he's not the defensive guy that you think, you know, not the guy that you think of when you're like, oh, they need to get better defensively. Uh, Gene Ali hasn't been playing, which is maybe part of the problem. I'm not sure what he did that all of a sudden he's not worth playing after that transfer last year looked like it was such a steal. Uh, but they are basically the same team as last year. And while they weren't like competing for the title last year, they were a perfectly serviceable mid mid table club and everything has just like fallen off the rails this year. And I'm not, I don't see how it gets significantly better. I mean, I guess Wilfred Boney's addition was supposed to do that, but he's still sitting on zero goals. He has been a tremendous disappointment mm. in fantasy. I am in one of my Taga leagues, um, which we didn't really talk about the Rotowire league, yeah. where I'm in second. I think you're in fourth. Mm-hmm. But um, it's still, I mean, I, a lot of people have lost a lot of money because uh, Mark Hughes was supposed to be the first manager fired. <laughs> and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't. So, um, it's been it's been an interesting go of it at least at first. Oh, you're in third place in the Rotowire League, hmm. by the way. 
Okay. <laughs> but I think you lead the league in points. Yeah, yeah there we go. By, by a large number. I think by like 60 points you lead the league mm. in points. And I am and I just have one more win than you with with 170 points fewer than you. Sounds like a change is coming soon. <laughs> anyway. Um, we should note that's yeah. a 10-team league, not a 12-team like the Taga Premier, Correct. whatever it's called. Correct. Yeah, Taga Premier Division, whatever, whatever they want to call it. Um, the, the, the cell phone only league. But for me, Stoke, they have to do something different. Like it's almost they're testing the like Chelsea last year. They're testing the definition of insanity right now. Like they're trying the same things and it's still not working and they Mm -hmm. think something will change. Um, But it's it's not also it's also not good that everyone who is playing is underperforming, whose name is not Joe Allen. And when Joe Allen is your top performer, I mean, you, th- that's another set of issues just altogether. But it, it's been a really tough go of it if you are a Stoke player not named Joe Allen. Oh, that sounds so awful. Right? Uh, but it's true, yeah. I mean, the Shakiri has been hurt. Arnautovic has been awful. Although Arnautovic, play, I think he had two goals yesterday internationally, so maybe that like gets him going, but... Um, in a draw, yep. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't win, right? Um, not that the points go to Stoke anyway, but yeah, the I feel like uh, we we put Stoke in the same bracket as West Ham of we've seen them perform well, so they should bounce back. And it's been like two or three weeks now that we're saying that, and I'm not sure at what point we need to say maybe they won't. Not that they're going down. I mean. There's no way West Ham is going down. Stoke, I'm not as sure about, but that's more. I think their their relegation possibilities fully depend on the the three promoted sides and whether they can stay up. Like I, if if West Ham and Stoke keep going on the current current um, course, who gets fired first, Billich or Hughes? Um. I would say Billich, actually. I would as well. Um, I agree. There's so much pressure on West Ham to perform this year because this uh, – I've said this many times in the podcast. This is the year they're supposed to take that step forward. Yeah. And all they've done is take that step forward into a – like, like, like a, uh, I think a quicksand. <laughs> the, uh, all they're doing is sinking. Yeah. Miguel Delaney, who writes for a whole number of different uh, uh, publications, wrote um, one recently. I think it was for Eurosport about how – Basically, Billich needs to turn around quickly or he's going to get canned and essentially blaming the rest on the stadium um, as if like it's a possibility that they could go back to Upton Park. And it's like you need to move on from that. Obviously, they have been playing really poorly, but like blaming it on a stadium is like the most ridiculous thing I've (laughs) I've ever heard. So Chelsea, Chelsea recently tried to move out of Stamford Bridge and they wanted to go to Battersea at the power station. You know who recently acquired that property? No. Apple. Oh. <laughs> for like 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 it for billions of dollars just to use as like a a new center yeah. for whatever they do. Just to use a development center for um for for Europe. Mm-hmm. And just it's frustrating because that would have been a really cool location. It's right on the Thames. Anyway, um 
I, I'm going off the rails already. Uh, let, let's get back to the table here and any kind of surprises. Um, Crystal Palace are in eighth place and Leicester are in 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one of those two teams do you think finishes higher at the end of the season? That's a good question. Um, well, that's why I asked. I will say Leicester. I will as well. But it's not uh, going to be that much. Uh, I think they're both going to be like in between eight and ten. Yes, yes. I think they'll, I, be, they'll I, take up two of those three spots. That's what I mean. I think they'll be close, and yeah, I think they'll both be top half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, Crystal Palace against Liverpool, pa- they both had a lot of chances. Let's be fair. Yes. But pa- uh, but Palace had a goal disallowed that was a little controversially disallowed, um, only because I think it was Joel Ward made like a like a really poor attempt at a header while being offside. Yes. And the ball was way past him. Like yes. he was never getting to that ball. But since he made the attempt, they say that it froze Martin Stecklenburg yeah. into his spot. Right. Um uh. you know, that is the rule. And yes. I'm glad yes. to see the rule being enacted because you know that could I mean that, not not in this instance it didn't affect anything, but it could um you know, if you're offside, don't make an attempt at the ball. That's like always – that's just a good idea. Totally, totally. Uh, now, with that being said, there were many opportunities for both teams. I believe Jason – like I said before, Jason Punchin got a save off the line. Christian Benteke – I don't know how that header went in still. <laughs> uh, it was – he just from a standing position, he jumped up and he used – he has so much neck muscle mm-hmm. that he powered the ball. I think it was about 10 yards away into the opposite corner. It was a curling header. Curl, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it started outside the post. He couldn't have done that with his feet if he tried. And, I, I, you know – Especially for especially as it was against Liverpool, it must have felt really good for him. Hmm. As somebody who uh, has said a nice thing or two about Christian Benteke in his life, um, it almost like pains me every time he scores with his head, because everybody's like, "Well, that's what he does. Like that's all he can do." And it's like, no, he he does so much more than that. Uh, but I do agree with you that I don't think he could have done that with his that one with his foot. Um, but yeah, the. That Liverpool move, like as soon as it happened, we were like, "That's probably not going to work." And it's, I'm glad that he was able to get out. And now we're seeing like what can happen with a team that is built with him in front after Aston Villa. Yes, exactly. Uh, For me, what I another thing that I saw in the games this past weekend, uh, I'm going to transition away from Benteke to another Belgian, Uh, Romelu Lukaku took a free kick and he scored. Yeah, he did. if that if he adds that to his repertoire, he will not be on Everton next season. Promise you, I promise you that a team like Chelsea or a team a Anybody. team across the world yeah, yeah I was gonna say they're they're, they're gonna come in for a price that they can't turn down. Yep, totally. It'll be PSG. It'll be somebody like that. Anybody. I, I, I mean, it could be Real Madrid for all we know. Yep. But probably not. If he if he can add, you know, consistent, you know, top of the box strikes with his left foot, whether it's on a free kick or an open play. Uh, he's going to be the most coveted striker on the planet. Yes. Would you uh, say he's the best player? Not. Uh, I don't. I was going to say not in the Champions League, but that obviously includes like teams like Chelsea. But if you, if is he the best non, like big club player? Uh, it, it, that, that's. Do you mean like as a center forward? Because like there are guys like. Well, Ken Drave is actually in the Champions League this year yeah. at Inter Milan, but um, no, I'm they're in sure Europa. they're in Europa. Oh, sorry, yeah. So uh, it, it, European play, I thought is what you meant, general. But um, I don't know. That's a really broad question, and I'd have to scour, you know, scour <laughs> around the leagues. It's 
I guess I can't, the, I can't say that definitively. No. Yeah, I guess the real question. I mean, Candreva's almost thirty. Um, and oh, considering Lukaku's age, he's one of the. I'd say he's one of the top five to ten. Just center forward talents. Yeah, I'm thinking. So not, not even putting any age limit on even. If you want to put like young center forward talents, yeah, he's definitely in the top five. Yeah, I'm looking at you know if you know when PSG comes with that price of the the, the price that Everton can't let's, say no let's to. Let's just say 65, 70 million pounds. Is that is that where you think it is? You don't think it's higher? Uh, I mean. <laughs> 80 million what was Pogba 85 85 million pounds um not euros was was about, yeah I guess it was, I'm yeah, talking 85. About yeah I mean that's what like one tier below mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah I think that's I think that would be the number 65 70 okay I think yeah that makes sense I'm just wondering I mean obviously goal scores tend to get higher prices Pogba was kind of a out outlier in terms of his position right. um although he's himself as an outlier to that position, correct? Uh, whatever position that is. Um, but it's players like Lukaku that, that get those high prices. And so, yeah, I think I'd argue particularly because of his age and it's not like he has like one 20 goal season. I mean, he's done this for, I think he had three, three in a row. Now, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for three, three different three teams. Different right? teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sorry. No, it was, yeah. Yes. One for West Brom and two for Everton. Right. Not for Chelsea specifically. Correct. Um, but yeah, he's, oh, yeah, there's, there was this rumor that Chelsea are going to go in for like a world record price on the Bonaruma, the young goalkeeper in Italy. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, they'll loan him out seven times and then sell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, I think there's, I don't see any way that, uh, Lukaku is with Everton next season. It, it, the question is really because he's not cup tied. Can he make it through January? Um, my guess is at Everton. I, I'm not sure any any of the big clubs would transfer for him that quickly. Like we're really only talking about five teams at best. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure they they would bring him in mid season. You disagree? Real Madrid, Real Madrid have struggled. My no, league. no, no. I, they're where, where does he just, play? He doesn't play ahead of Benzema, Bale, or Ronaldo. Well, only one of them plays center forward. I'm just saying they, they play kind of the front three that he's not going to – and Morata. Yeah, Morata's – well, Morata, they're, they're still wondering. That would be the player who would go back and return. He's not, he's not going to Everton. <laughs> There's no return. Probably, There's no probably. return when it comes to Lukaku. But – for me, I, I, I'm getting more. The, the better he performs, the more nervous I get for Everton that he'll be gone come January or come February. Excuse me. Hmm. Uh, that I don't. Th- I don't think that's really hap- that could happen. I, I mean, I, mean, could, I, think, I think Everton need to enjoy the last season of Roman. Yes, Lukaku. I think that's what it is. I think they'll realize they can. Well, not. I, I think they will get more next summer. But I, I'm just not sure the clubs that will come calling for him will come calling in January. I don't think there's any reason for them to do that. All right, Everton or Chelsea, who finishes higher? Uh, Chelsea. I mean, they're all, Everton's only one point above them right now. But yeah, it's it just I I just I view those two teams in uh, in a tier together. Hmm. Okay. I do. I they, 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 those are two teams that I think have no chance of making it to Europe. 
Meaning uh, the Champions League. Champions League, but yeah. possibly to Europa. Okay. Possibly. I'm not even convinced there because I still think there are five teams better than both of them. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I don't think that's crazy. City, United, Tottenham, yep. Arsenal, Liverpool. Yep. Um. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think they, they, I mean, they, they're the next tier of teams. Those two. That's yeah. it. Uh, are you? Are we sure they're in the same tier? I, I do. Oh, okay. I think they are. I, I'm probably in the minority because I I'm I'm very big on what Kuman has done at Everton. Yeah. I think and 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 Conte's system will take time because <clears> it's such a drastic. Yeah, I I think I put Everton uh, deeper in the. I think I put them. See, I think I so I would you, put you, Everton you would put with Chelsea. Chris, you, would you put Chelsea in Liverpool's tier, and then Everton in the next tier with like Palace and and Leicester, Southampton and Leicester. Uh, I would put Leicester at the top of that tier, but yes, I do. I think Leicester will finish. Hmm. I think Leicester could finish ahead of Everton. I would consider that an upset. Okay. Especially crazy, Everton up, like, up front or crazy deep. When you up front? Well, in the in the attacking force, yeah. Crazy deep. Really? I mean, yeah. they have Velasi, they have uh, Morales, they have Lukaku. Lukaku, they have Ross Barkley who you've conveniently forgotten about. I think <laughs> yeah, Ross Barkley's Ger- forgotten. Gerard yeah, Lefeu is also still around. I mean, they have they have plenty of players that can attack. Plenty. Mhm. I think, yeah. I mean, also, Teresa Ghana has been amazing. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, all right. If you okay, it, I, 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 it could be the hope of Everton attacking force that kills me, like the faith. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm Lukaku, Lukaku makes such a big difference up there. He yeah, really does. I think you know of the teams below, he's the best player of that group. Like if if you tier them with Leicester and. Um, Palace and Southampton, like Lukaku's the best player, but I would take Slimani and Mahrez and probably Vardy over everybody else from Everton. Uh, I think Vardy is. You probably put Belasi I think Vardy, Vardy is a sinking ship oh. this, this season to me because all he is is fast. That's all he is. Uh, he he can finish too. So I was going to say he's a... he's fast and he ha- but he hasn't been finishing that well this season. Yeah, no, not this year. Um, but really, his main trait is he's fast. Mm-hmm. Because he drinks like five Red Bulls and coffee before every right. game, like that. Port wine uh, out of water bottles. Exactly. Uh, anyway, um, teams are not letting him get behind them. Mm-hmm. They're just going to sit deep against Leicester. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, they'll, say, they'll say, "Okay, Vardy, face up against us and beat us." Can't. Yeah. And that's where Slimani comes in, or Slimani comes in, and the, he's the he is the in the ascendancy, and Mars is just kind of consistent. Um, but I, 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 if I had Vardy, if I can get anything for him, I would sell him. If I can get anything of value at this point, hmm. um, I'm thinking like eighty cents on the dollar. If you can get that, sell him because it's going to go down. Yeah. What is the, what's the dollar if, if you want eighty cents for it? Like, what's the realistic trans? What did Arsenal want to pay? Because <laughs> I imagine it's not even remotely uh, I was, close. I to was that. referring to in fantasy. Um, I'm not oh, talking oh, oh. about your life. Gotcha. Um, I think they were willing to do like 30 million pounds. Right. <clears throat> right. I'm not sure they would pay 12 now. No, uh, unlikely. Yeah. Oh, so, 
I guess before we we have a, we have your wild card to get to, and we have to kind of move it along here. But I do we should talk about the top teams just in general because we talked about like the bottom teams, the mid te- mid table teams. Um, Tottenham's destruction of Manchester City just a one off for City, or do you feel that Tottenham are actually in the same class as Man City? Uh, damn, I was going to ask you that question. Um, the I think I'm, I'm hosting this. <laughs> I ask questions. I think uh, I still would take city over 38 games than I would Spurs. So like, I don't think this was like some sort of, obviously you're not winning the title in week seven, but I I don't think this necessarily puts Spurs ahead of them for the season. It is still super impressive to me that through seven games, they've let up three goals. Yeah. They've only scored 12 though. Like that 12 is not a big number. That's the same number Chelsea has scored. Right. And Watford. And one more than Everton, who we've been clamoring about for the past five minutes. Well, one of us has been. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think they need to score more. Like, I think it's going to come down. I, I mean, when you let up three goals, you don't have to, when you let up three goals in seven games, you don't have to score a ton. I know, but they're not going to do that against every. Yeah. yeah. yeah and side, remember, they've, so. they've been without Harry Kane, and they're going to be without Harry Kane still. Yeah. So. We, we talked about Victor – or sorry, Vincent Jansen. Yep. Uh, but yeah. – I don't know. I, I, I'm not sold yet on Spurs. I'm still going to call him Victor Jansen. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> or Vassal Jansen. There you go. Yeah, that's what you want to do. Yeah. That's what I, that is what I want. That's the only way I'll remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Arsenal are in the exact place Arsenal is going to be all season. I agree. They're kind of close to the top. But they're but not, not really. really contending. Yeah, they're closer <laughs> on paper than they are. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to win the Arsene Wenger Trophy, which is uh, no no silverware, they, but top four. No, they might finish third. No, I, I said top them, four. I know, I know. I think four. it'll be third and not fourth. Do you feel that? Uh, do you feel that the that FIFA or UEFA, excuse me, changed the uh, change to the four automatic spots for England because they felt bad for Arsenal playing all those extra games every year? They haven't done it in like three years. They finished second last year. No, it's. I think it's. It was from uh, the Italian teams mostly, yeah. um, because they only had three. They only had two automatic ones, and then the qualifier. But I mean, it was. Just, it, 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 it was just my poor attempt at a joke. Oh yeah, just because Arsenal don't win anything, but they still they, 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 they what they win is qualification to the Champions League next year. They won back to back FA Cups, which for some reason all of those guys care about. I don't know who all those guys is. It's a big deal there. People make a big deal out of that. It gets them access to the community shield. There you go. Which they lose as which well. Which they lose, yeah. <laughs> no, did they win it? No, they won it two years ago. I know, I know. I know. Who won it this but, year? Man United? They did, uh, right? Yeah, I think they did. Mourinho's first trophy in red. Yes, that's right. <sighs> Yikes. Whatever. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care about any of those trophies, yeah. especially not the Capital One Cup, wherever they're calling it this, or the EFL Cup. EFL, yeah, yeah. Really, don't care about that. Um, either way, uh, to me, it's really Man City and then everybody else, just like you said, uh, and then Tottenham and Arsenal are in a tier by themselves, and then Liverpool, possibly Chelsea, and the next tier. That's really it in terms of wins and losses. But from a fantasy perspective. I think uh, the top teams from a fantasy perspective will be Man City and Arsenal and Liverpool, and they are in the tier by themselves. Yeah, you you don't like think, those, those are the players you want. You don't think Liverpool's in the same tier in terms of non fantasy as Manchester United? No. 
Oh, sorry, Manchester United. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, 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 I forgot Man United. Um, I mean, Manchester United, from a fantasy perspective, don't have as many fantasy relevant players as Liverpool do. Mm-hmm. But from a non fantasy perspective, yes, I just I, I forgot to mention United. Yes, I, okay. I apologize. But from a fantasy perspective, it really is City, Tottenham, Liverpool. Oh, sorry, sorry, City, Arsenal, Liverpool. <laughs> there we go. That it, it, there, there is the depth of uh, the depth of what you can use, especially offensively, is vast. Yes. <sighs> okay, Andrew. Uh, it, before we get to your before we do uh, your wild card briefing, if you will, uh, I did, <laughs> sorry, I had to. Yep. I could. I, I get it. Make, yeah, that's good. I couldn't, that make, good. I couldn't make it more awkward. We're going to have a new segment, by the way, for the game briefs, which will. Just... As my microphone perfect perfect timing for that too uh but we are we are going to have a new segment going forward uh called our game briefs which will be sponsored by mac weldon uh where we will be covering every single game but today we'll be using uh the the brief section to talk about andrew's wildcard play but before we do that andrew uh, i do want to go into a little more depth uh in terms of how comfortable uh, i am i could basically i sit for a living and uh i don't like readjusting my pants all the time so the, 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 the Mack Weldon underwear particularly have been very comfortable. I don't shift around as much. I'm just much more comfortable sitting down. And I remember my wife was saying that the socks were a perfect height and very well made. Hmm. Yeah, the, so. the socks I really like. The, um, I got two different pairs, and both of them I actually have been um, very, very happy with. It's weird. Um, I'm just not like a sock guy usually, um, but... Uh, the you just feel like I feel like not that I was like getting away with something, but like I just I liked wearing the socks because it kind of like changed things up a little bit. And um, all of it is just kind of much nicer than anything I usually tend to buy. And it feels that way. Like it's not like I'm necessarily paying for something that I'm just like, oh, it's the same as what I always have. Like I, uh, it's definitely like quality stuff, which, um, you know, is always nice to, to actually have around. <laughs> So uh, especially if you walk around a lot. Um, so I, I actually walked around the city uh, in, in, in the socks as well, uh, which um, usually, you know, you have like the bunching effect after a long time of walking and uh, you did not have that. No. It felt like, uh, yep. you know, it, it was just luxurious around <laughs> the, the, the feet, calves and ankles. So, um, well, the bunching kudos. thing, that's like a that's always been like my biggest pet peeve with dress socks. And these I would put these closer to the dress sock category than like athletic socks uh even though they're basically like everyday socks but they're kind of like more on the they're not as thick as like a regular athletic sock but the like when i when i was like wearing dress socks every day like having your socks like fall down all day is just so amazingly annoying and um the solution is basically to put uh, a rubber band not actually a rubber band but i feel like most socks you buy that are like, you know, they'll stay up all day, feel like they're choking your calf to death. And yeah. uh, these have kind of like a, a wider elastic at the top that seems much more humane and keeps your socks up. Simple as that. All right, everyone. Try to keep your socks on as Andrew talks about his wild card that he has played in FPL. Uh, haven't played yet. I should, we always, that you are, that you are predicting, predicting to play. Yes. This, so this is the team that I have built, uh, that I will forget about and not submit next Friday. And then I will go 
having to go back to my my previous team. But um, the biggest issue that I have uh, in building my team is not wanting to pay for defenders despite the more expensive defenders paying off early this season. So, like, Koscielny is first with um, at 6.2, Kyle Walker 5.9, Bellerin 6.5, Daly Blind 5.6, and Alderwild 6.5. Like, these are the top defenders. And so building a team, I, like, I usually try to build the most attacking team I can um, because it just feels like that's where you want your points. But ignoring the fact that, like, the upper-tier uh, defenders are the ones that are actually producing. Like, I'm not sure how to jive all of that together other than not being as good up front and, um, or at least in the midfield. Like, I feel like the midfield is where you need to, to, uh, to save. I mean, that, you know, you can't have, uh, Alexis Sanchez, Dimitri Payet, Ozil, you know, you can't, you're not going to end up with all of those guys just because, um, it ends up putting you searching for a 4.1 defender who's going to be able to get points. And like those guys just don't exist. Did, have you, yeah. you are also one who not, does not like to pay for defenders, but yeah, 4.1 is too low. 4.5 is usually where I stay, mm-hmm. but you know, George friend has been serviceable. That, that's what I mean. I think those guys are serviceable, but like you, you need better than that. Uh, I, I, as long as you get the performance out of the guys you pick for midfield and off and forward. So, for example, I played my wild card going into last weekend, and I had Alexi Sanchez, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and uh, and Sergio Aguero, who between the, all three of them got nine points total. Mm. So, as long as you don't do that, <laughs> you're okay. But if you get like nine points out of your fo- out of your high price guys, and you still and then your ser- then still get serviceable numbers, you're going to be terrible from your def- if it's serviceable numbers from defense. You'll still be terrible. Right. And the fact that it's so clean sheet dependent um, just makes it difficult to to yeah. get those guys. Like the this, this is the most popular game. I can't stand. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good way to like put it. it. Yeah, I just don't like it. It's, and they try to and they try to dress it up with these like three chips. Yep. And I never really know what to do with those. It's <laughs> it's just random. Like I was I I, I almost I was so tempted to triple captain um, Sanchez. I'm glad I didn't uh, going into the game against Burnley. Right. <laughs> but you know that's the I mean that's the time where you would have used it and you would have used it incorrectly. Right. Right. Um, they the FPL did this like manager fantasy manager of the month and the guy that they picked has already played two of his chips he did a triple captain and i assume the bench boost and that's kind of the other thing that like you you don't want to pay up for your bench yeah, yeah like why would i have an expensive bench to score points that don't count except for the one time you use that chip right that's, well it's, yeah i mean you do it basically you do it when you know you're one of your guys doesn't start or something like that, but it doesn't, uh, I just feel like it forces you to consider guys that I just don't want to have to think about. Maybe it, obviously that's just my own complaining about it, but we're, we're, we're starting to run out of time. So let's get, Sorry, to your, yeah. let's get to your players that you've, you've chosen. So I have, I didn't change my, my goalkeepers. I have Ben Foster and Jordan Pickford. Pickford is an even four mil four flat. So like the not having him, 
seems silly. Not that Sunderland's been like great defensively, but um, but it just significant flexibility. And then Ben Foster's has done really well at four six. So uh, those two I kept. Um, I kept Ashley Williams at five flat uh, in defense just because Everton's been so good defensively. Uh, I have Jordi Amat at four zero, who I assume I will never play, but he's been starting, and so um, you know at four flat, that's not that bench boost chip. Yeah, yeah. When I finally use that bench boost, I'll have to hope that Swansea shuts out whoever they're playing that week. Um, I have uh, Jose Olebas at four five from Watford. Uh, Alan Niam at four three from West Brom. Uh, I had Gareth McCauley and have decided to go with Niam just because if McCauley gets a clean sheet, Niam will have one too. McCauley's obviously better on set pieces, but I'm, I'm willing to take that hit for the one goal more he'll score this year. Um, and then I have um, I I spent five five six for Jan Vertonghen, which just seems insane to me, but Spurs as we've said, have only given up three goals. And in such a, a game that's so clean sheet dependent, um, it seems I need to have some sort of access to to the uh, Spurs back line. And I just couldn't stomach paying over six for, for somebody. As simple as that. I just couldn't, couldn't get myself to spend that high. Um, I have um, Dimitri Payet. I actually kept him as well. Um, when you went with Alexis Sanchez, I'm going with Theo Walcott, uh, who I will classify basically I'm just juicing the orange on Theo Walcott for as long as he keeps playing like this because um, I think he's like the third or fourth highest scoring player right now. So why wouldn't I take him? Um, I've got Andrews Townsend at 6'3". I've got James Milner at 6'6". And I have kind of this dead space right now. I have 4.7 million left. Um, when I built, I had Michael Carrick just because I needed to fill the spot. Um, but there's a lot of like junk in that range. And so I don't know if I'm literally just going to punt the position completely and get like a 4-3 Ben Watson and spend elsewhere. But so I, I have an open spot right now um, that has Michael Carrick at 4-3 in it. He never plays. So. And I will never, I will probably never play a five, five-man midfield because my uh, forwards are the same as yours. They're Ibrahimovic, Aguero, and Ben Teke. And uh, Ibrahimovic and Aguero have the highest upsides of anybody in the game, and Ben Teke probably has the highest of anybody in his price range. So that's why I have them. I think that'll be the most common midfield three if they're if they keep track of that sort of thing. Forward. Or, sorry, the most common forward three. Yeah. Um, there, there's really no. No two ways around it. Yeah, I'm wondering if I should just pick between Ibrahimovic and Aguero and hope that Ibrahim. It's probably I'll p- probably pick Aguero over Ibrahimovic and just hope that Ibra scores less often than he, or you know, doesn't score more often than he scores. Um, because I mean, everybody has been captaining him for weeks, and it's been a while since he's he's really paid that off. So uh, having both of them kind of obviously handcuffs me elsewhere. So I may toss Ibrahimovic. It's just a matter of like who the the rest of the forward field like doesn't do much for me. Um, the only one that, that I will probably really consider is Diego Costa, which saddens me a little bit. And I guess Lukaku I could consider as well. You wouldn't consider a guy um, 
I was, I was thinking that Firmino was considered a forward, but I think he's a midfielder. No, he's a midfielder. Yeah, so, well, I I needed to have access to the Liverpool midfield. Like, the not having it is just leaving points on the table every week. Um, and the one I picked just happens to be playing left back. But, like, Milner at 6'6", just gives so much more value than Mane at 9, Firmino at 8-4, Coutinho at 8-3, Wijnaldum at 7-7, seven, seven, Lalana at 7-2. I mean, the, per dollar, uh, it makes just total sense to have Milner. Yeah, uh, it, it, I 100% agree. Um, it's I, I like your strategy, especially because you use the same forward three as me, so I'll never gain points on you. <laughs> Um, basically that's what, that's, what's going to happen. I, it, and that's what I also, another thing I, I've, we've spoken about this at nauseum. I, I don't like, it. you can't, you, it's almost impossible to make up points. Um, I, I, the way that, that you make up points now is you don't have Ibrahimovic and Aguero and hope that you yeah, get good luck with that right. strategy. <laughs> yeah. yeah good, good luck with that strategy. Yeah. You know, it, I think you can get away with not having both. I don't think you can get away with having neither. And if you're down by a lot of points, it basically means that through seven weeks of the season, I think about 80% of the players that played FPL are finished. I don't think it's that much. I don't I, uh, agree to disagree. Okay. I, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I wonder what the largest ever comeback was after, let's say, a, a quarter of the way through the season, which is a week or two away. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it'll be that. I don't think, I don't think it'll be as great as people think it could be. Okay. And on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Soccer Fantasy Premier League Podcast brought to you by Mac Weldon. Next week, we'll be previewing game week number eight. So catch us again next week uh, when I will concede again that I am no longer in the running for the top port, to, top spot in Fantasy Premier League, the official game. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.